Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Dark Insight Podcast on Friday, the 22nd of January, 2016. We are on episode 12 this week. So, yeah, and obviously, myself, Clifford Goldsmith, with my usual partner in crime, Mr. Charles Turner over there in New Zealand. Hello. 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 And this week... We also have a friend of the show, Mr. Josh Crow, a.k.a. The Morbid Beard. How are you doing, my friend? I'm very well, thank you. How are you both? Very good, thank you. Thanks for joining us. Not a problem. Not a problem at all. It's always a pleasure. Yeah, no, it was a bit, 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 of, a, bit of a late one. We kind of jumped on Josh yesterday and just went, sort out your stuff. <laughs> you can't <remember> <laughs> <up>. <laughs> Yeah, definitely a trial by fire, that one. <laughs> But no, it's all sounding all good. So, uh, yeah, so Vader, how's things? How 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 we've been doing since we last last uh, talked to Mr. Coffee Jesus? Oh, yes. Um, yeah, it's been, it's been good. Just been back at work trying to get... I'm an accountant by trade. And so having the break over Christmas is a two-edged sword. Uh, I could have some time off, but then I've got lots to catch up back on, catch up on at work. So it's just been head down, uh, plodding away at work. But yeah, getting coming right. Awesome, awesome. Awesome. How about yourself? Work, 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 work. work. Does Christmas break affect things? Uh, Yeah, because it makes me want to not go back to work. (laughs) Oh, there's that. There's always that. (laughs) Well, I get quite quite a long Christmas break, you see, so I had like about a week and a half off-ish. So I was like, (sighs) yeah, I already want to take some more holiday. (laughs) Yeah. I know the feeling. I had just over two weeks off, about two and a half weeks, so it was even harder for me. <laughs> yes, yeah, I had just a, just over a week, but um, during that time, I was doing some freelance work, so I was working anyway. Um, so uh, it wasn't, wasn't as bad for me. Yeah, my poor wife. I think she only had like three or four days off, something like that. I think it's three days. She literally just got an extended weekend, which is yeah, pretty rubbish, but it's all good. Yeah, here in New Zealand, we get four-day weekends for Christmas and New Year's, and so to, I only had to take three days of annual leave, and I got like just over a week off. Well, that's not bad. Yeah, bad at all. It's actually a week, a week and a half off, really, actually. And then yesterday, I was leaving work, and my boss is like, "Oh, we'll see you Tuesday." I'm like, "What? What's happening to Monday?" He's like, "Oh, it's a long weekend." <laughs> I was like, "Yes," I completely like had no idea. I forgot. Oh, that's, a, that's a right old bonus when you so, don't know about so one of them. <laughs> yeah. And because I know one's coming up in early Feb, um, so um, yeah, two in a row, pretty much. So it's not like a public holiday or anything. It's just yeah. a long weekend. Yeah, public holiday. Um, so yeah, it's I think it's one's an anniversary, the city and its city's anniversary. So yeah, oh, I see. Yeah, and then we've got like Waitangi Day coming up in early Feb, which is like the treaty that that you fellows signed with the the Maldives here in New Zealand hundred odd years ago. Oh, 150 cool. years ago. And so it's celebrated and we get a day off work as well. Why don't we get a day off for that? 
I was about to say, yeah, that's... <laughs> the, the problem, you guys would never be at work, all the treaties that uh, <laughs> Great Britain has signed around the world. <laughs> sounds that, fine by me. So, yeah, sounds fine by me. <laughs> that's, that's, that's perfectly fine. Yeah, that, that would be sweet. Uh, uh, the Kingdom of Britain, always on public holiday, <laughs> all it's conquering. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, so I'm pretty stoked. So uh, what's, what 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 we what's been going on gamey wise? Have we been busy gaming? You've been playing a lot. Um, yeah, I guess. Uh, should we start with you, Josh? What have you been playing recently? Oh right, Metal Gear Solid Five. <laughs> Finally finished it. Oh, that game, man! That game is is something else. I just, I can't even begin to put in the words my feelings about that game. It's it's become beyond a game for me and it's more like it's more like a good friend now it's because it it really does feel like the end of an era you know with everything that's happened with Kojima recently and you know you see in the news you know he's having his tour at Sony and everything so (laughs) you know I mean it's been crazy just to know everything that's happened to him since they started production on it and Although a lot of people would probably beg to differ, I truly believe that it is like his it definitely his last hurrah. You know, this is kind of like, you know, this is it. You know, this is absolutely finalized. We've finally got the final piece of the story to sort of bring everything full circle. And it's just, I can't. Oh. So when I finished it yesterday and I did the truth mission, <laughs> just, I, I was almost in tears. Absolutely, it just ruined me. I mean, I was the same with Metal Gear Solid Three and with Four. They both just get me right in the heart. And oh, I, I, yeah. yeah, I totally agree with you. That where I, Five, like as I say, Five, I kind of was like, oh, that's an awesome ending. It does tie up those stories. But I think Four was the big, bigger one for me. I was just like proper, like oh. But that game was just ultimate fan service anyway. So <laughs> like, oh yeah, all over, all over. <laughs> Yeah. What I, what I really liked is that he, they tied up loose ends that you didn't really know needed to be tied up. Uh, yeah, mm, yeah, um, and it, it was just so well. Um, it's it, there's a lot that can be missed quite easily, but I just really like how the gameplay adds to the character, and to the story, and to to your experience as a player. Um, mm. Mm, definitely, like just the, the 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 way you play as the snake works in with the story and the grander scheme of the whole world. And the whole nuclear bomb thing—it works in with the the greater story of the game. Like you, and you don't even have to do that. Like I haven't done that. You can create the nuclear bomb, and it's a bonus extra thing that's kind of hidden, but it it ties in. And I love that gameplay mechanics that tie in with the world and the story. It's awesome. Mm. One thing I will say about the nuclear bomb, though, is because obviously you have to do it to get the trophy, and then to get the disarmament trophy, all you have to do is disarm your own nuclear bomb. So it's kind of like a waste of resources for the sake of two trophies. So it was a bit odd <laughs> to spend so many resources and so much money for something that took a whole day to create for me to just then disarm it to get the other trophy. <laughs> I thought that was a bit odd, but you know, I thought it's just it's all part of it. And ah, oh, just that game is it's incredible. I love all the little subtle touches. That even the things as simple as when you get dropped off in a mission. And you jump out of the chopper, and then the guy in the chopper says, "You know, be careful down there, boss." And it's just, I love that because it makes me feel like I'm actually in that world. These people that I brought back to base, you know, they they just they live and they die for me, and oh, it's absolutely incredible. I just, 
I cannot get enough of that game. I'm about 114 hours in now. Yeah, that's and, about what I put into it. Oh, yeah, cool. I, I'm still nowhere near finished. I'm going to dive in here quickly. As we're talking Metal Gear, probably going to be spoilers. So if you haven't finished it, people, I'll put a little timestamp in the show notes to when we finish talking so you can skip past it because I know there's a few people that probably haven't finished it. So just a f- pre-warning before we talk. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's true. I've been avoiding saying too much because we had to... If you really want spoilers, head to the spoiler cast that we did a couple of episodes ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. well, that's what I thought, you see, because you guys had already done the spoiler cast, so I didn't really want to go too deep into spoilers because, I mean, I only finished it myself this week, so I knew there'd be plenty of other people that haven't finished yeah. it yet. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But I just thought, fair warning, just in case, because oh, yeah, stuff definitely. always slips out, especially for me. <laughs> I'm terrible. Well, and sometimes <laughs> it's, that's the beauty of Metal Gear Solid. It's the little things that actually to make the bigger picture even cooler. Like... It's the finer details that are easily overlooked that actually yeah, give character and, and and realism to to the world, even though it's so hyper real and like not realistic. Um, yeah, yeah. That's the thing is it, it it kind of it becomes real by being so unreal, and it's it's always been the same throughout the entirety of the franchise. They throw such bizarre concepts at you, and yet you just lap it up and you believe this stuff to be real. It's real in that universe um, and that that real verse almost becomes, uh, yeah, it's become so, yeah, you get so engaged with it and attached because this is so much, yeah, fine detail that you can just absorb and, and, and appreciate. Just even mm. like the boss fights and the characters and the depth in the characters. Like you said, Josh, the the helicopter pilot saying, be careful. Like, yeah. It's just a simple thing that just shows that these guys care about you, as you said. Um, it's brilliant. Yeah, it's it, yeah. It's, it's really cool. Like, obviously, it's it, it's brung everything to a a final sort of wrapped up that final little piece, the the hole that was there. But also, they're like, do, do, have you heard like uh, uh, Konami basically turned around and said that they're basically dissolving all of their IPs apart from Metal Gear. That's the only one they're going to continue pushing out the door. <laughs> It's because it's the only one that matters, you know. I mean, uh, after everything they've done, nobody's going to buy... Well, nobody's really going to buy any of their games anymore, you know. I well, yeah, that's true. Cause, Silent Hill. <laughs> well, we care about it, but... <laughs> oh, I care. Middle Gear sold so well. It's, yeah, no, it has. It, 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 that's the thing to them. It's it's the one that makes the most money for them, and that's all they really care about anymore. So, that's... Exactly, I mean... It's it's like their equivalent of you know Grand Theft Auto to Rockstar. You know, it is it is their staple franchise. Mm. But the thing is, I, don't, I honestly don't think it's going to make them that much money in the future because so many people, like I, myself included, will go eh and not buy it. But I, I think they'll make a few bob, but nowhere near the sales they were making for sort of this one and the previous games. Because I think a lot of people will sort of follow Kojima and just sort of go there I'm alright thanks yeah exactly and the fact that they've been like trying to outsource different people to come in and actually make a new Metal Gear it's like but if it hasn't got Kojima's influence who's really going to be interested yeah, yeah I think that could be hesitation but at the same time Kojima wasn't the only one that's made that game oh no he, definitely he's the oh, guiding no, force yeah 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 and yeah. I, I kind of yeah I agree I don't necessarily want to support the company but I want to support, I'd be keen to support these other developers who have been under Kojima to actually shine and give them a chance to grow and become 
the like a, a great game developer that we can yeah. get to know, like we have got to know Kojima. Um, I, I, think he's ta- I think he's taken a few of his main guys. With oh yeah, him, he though, has. Didn't he? Yeah, he has. Yeah, he has. Yeah. Um, but it'll be interesting to see. Like, I think I'd watch if there is another Metal Gear. I think I'd watch it closely, and I have to. I'd have to have a look and see. Um, but again, yeah, you're right. Do we want to support the company? Um, it, I don't know. Do you know? It's not it, it, for me. It's not really that because it, it's more the fact that for me, I loved. I loved Metal Gear Five, but it was less. It was an end. It was for me. It was less Metal Gear than the other Metal Gears. I've said this before. I'm a bit mm, yeah. weird with the whole series. Like number four is my favourite because of all the the crazy fan service and <laughs> whatnot. But it's just like I think the way they're gonna gonna carry on. I think it'll just the, the story's not really gonna be there anymore. I don't think. I think they're gonna worry more about the gameplay that we had in five, which I think might sell because it, obviously the core gameplay was really really good. And that engine was awesome. Yeah, well, they've dissolved the engine, oh, I think, haven't they? Well, the the lead architect or lead designer for the yeah. engine he, programmer, he, whatever you call him, he left. He's gone, but yeah. they've also said they're absolutely not licensing it out anymore. They're basically going to dissolve that engine. What the hell? That was such a good engine. <laughs> yeah, the gameplay's so well. Such a shame. He, he yeah, was, but they might, when, did they you, might keep it for themselves. Yeah. Did you see who he's actually gone to work for, though? I did hear, but I've forgotten. He's gone to work for Bando Namquire. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so, wow. So, like, I don't know what he's going to be doing for them, but, yeah, the the guy who built the Fox engine's gone to work for the Dark Souls boys. So, <laughs> Well, the, the, the publisher the, the of the publisher, Dark Souls boys. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think they'll definitely be giving from they do make more money, I think. To, they to, do make good games. Um, yeah. Banco as well, and they support some really cool games, especially Japanese games. Um, but on that, using publishers, I got I saw a bait click uh, video the other day saying um, Dark's, or is it um, Dark Souls publisher releasing a, a golfing MMO? What? <laughs> it's, it's got, Did I hear that right? Yeah, Dark Souls publisher. This was the title: Dark Souls publisher. Releasing a golfing MMO. How is that? A golfing MMO. Yeah, but it's got nothing to do with Dark Souls and got nothing to do with From Software, who creates Dark Souls. It's just because Namco, which release hundreds of games a year, because they're a huge publisher, it doesn't mean it's got anything to do with Dark Souls. It's just Bayclick, which kind of made me angry. They could could have put a Ridge Racer publisher. Yeah, or One Piece publisher, or... Yeah, those Tales games. I'm yes. sure they do them. Sword yeah. Art Online publisher. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah that's, just, that's clearly clickbait, isn't it? Just to get you yeah. in. I yeah, hate those kind of things. But like, but on that note, though, a golf MMO. What the hell? It looked that? cool. <laughs> I actually, I had a look. So I was like, oh, that could be. That looks interesting. The golf part of it. And yeah, basically, you just go play golf, and you can live. It's got RPG elements, and you can upgrade and uh, upskill your uh, golfer. It's oh. like one of like. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like it's leaning towards the the Sony ones they release, like Everybody's Golf, I think they're called. Yeah, yeah. But then you can go to like the club room, which has like your your Destiny hub, um, <laughs> uh, where you can go hang around and talk to other golfers and stuff and challenge people. It, it just seems so weird to me that you like we're talking about that, but it's golf. It sounds like you're talking about some online fight, but no, it's just golf. Go the, to the club the out, chill with some people. Yeah. It's the division of golf clubs. <laughs> it's the division with golf clubs. 
Uh, yeah, so that, that doesn't make any sense to me because you think everybody's golf kind of it's got this whole sort of wacky thing going for it anyway. Yeah. But uh, a golf MMO <clears> that just that doesn't that doesn't sound right. You might as well just go on to GTA Five and just play a game of golf on there. <laughs> you know, I suppose if you're like it's super into golf, maybe it's like leveling your character, training your character gets better at his golf swing, and he, he gets. Yeah, you get, I don't. Yeah, but maybe it just work. I can kind of see where they're coming from. For for someone who really enjoys golf, it might work for them because obviously, it's it's like running your character from a low level amateur golfer and getting better, leveling him up, making his swing better to get through to pro tournaments and. Yeah, and there are games like that already that has the the character development. I think they might go a bit more in depth with the RPG elements, and then it's just got a social side to it. Yeah, Um, yeah, I I agree. It's not for everybody. Um, (laughs) No, (laughs) no. (laughs) It would be interesting to see though if it did happen, but I don't think that's going to happen somehow. (laughs) Just a weird concept. (laughs) <laughs> oh, the, the, there was gameplay footage and everything. It's it's coming out soon. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, man. Yeah. See, I like to see stuff like that just because it's, it's pushing boundaries and it can kind of... If, and I, I want to see that in um, the game world because it can lead to cooler and more interesting stuff. Yeah. Uh, mm. Like, I, I I listened to Jim Quisition this week. I try to check him out. I don't know if you guys know him. He's, he's the, yeah, yeah, I listen to him every week. Yeah, um, and he, did you did you watch the one where he talked about the reason why the games coming out from, especially Square Enix and some of the larger develop, um, publishers and developers, uh, yeah. episodic? Yeah. It was quite interesting. Yeah, was, Basically, he was, yeah. he was saying that the publishers had no faith in the console um, and as a, as a viable platform anymore at the start of this generation. And so they were hedging their bets and kind of reduced scaling back production of large-scale AAA games and making them episodic so they could mitigate their costs or reduce their, their potential losses. And so that's why we've had such weird games coming out because um, they just didn't have faith in their consoles, which is very interesting because they've actually done really well, these new-gen consoles, and proven that consoles are still around and still will be around yeah. for a while. Mm, definitely. Because they've still gone gangbusters, man. They've sold sold pretty well. Yeah, it, it, no, uh, we the, uh, the whole episodic thing. I, to be honest, I don't really have a problem with it. As no, neither do I. As long as they're built with substantial content for each one you're paying. I mean, like Life is Strange. That was that was awesome. Like they use like a couple of hours each one. They're like three to four. Oh quarters. yeah, it can work. And but uh, yeah. Yeah. The other thing that that, that were they kind of pushing um, was at Jim Jim Quisition talked about was reducing solo player on uh, games. Like that's why apparently Just Cause, the actual play, one player game, is, the single player campaign is really it's like being forced into the game and is really haphazard. Um, and it's because there was no single player campaign up until quite recently. Oh, it was yeah. meant to be an online multiplayer, and that's what they believed was going to make the money. Any money was online multiplayer games, and so all these games were made episodic or multiplayer. And then, because they didn't think people were interested in solo one-player games, mm-hmm. which they're completely oh, wrong. How wrong they were. Oh yeah, definitely. Look at Witcher. Battlefront, for example. That came out multiplayer only. People liked it, but everyone was like, "Where the hell is our Star Wars campaign?" This game exactly, yeah. looks goddamn beautiful. Where's our it campaign? It does, yeah. And mm. that's, that's actually one of the examples I think he used. Um, 
but yeah, and they were completely wrong because you look at like, mm. yeah, the witches come out. We've got Bloodborne's come out, and it's a fantastic, you know, high quality single player game. Everyone's um, jumping yeah, at the same. for single player campaigns. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, the, uh, Deus Ex is one of my biggest games for this year, and that's a single player campaign. But that's the thing is, have they chopped it up and changed? They've been playing with it, and that. Um, uh, you know, because of this fear, and so the development's been delayed, and that's that's probably why so many games have been delayed is because they've had to change because they've realised people want this stuff, they want these big experiences, and so they're actually having to go back and go, oh, we need to remake this game because it's not what uh, people. Want. Well, yeah, we, we, with Deus Ex, they've just um, obviously they delayed that and they're moving out. But with have you seen what they've done with Hitman? They've gone the opposite way. They've now yeah. chopped it up and are releasing it as an episodic program. Which seems really weird for a Hitman game. Yeah, it does. I mean, I was listening to um, the latest Video Gamer podcast the other day, and uh, Steve Burns said that he's actually going to end up reviewing it just bit by bit, and then have like a final roundup and a final number mm. when the whole thing is released at the end of the year. And um, everyone else seemed to be quite taken aback by that. But I think it, it's it definitely speaks to the gaming world that we live in nowadays, and the fact that there are more and more of these episodic games coming out. And so you have to kind of adapt as a reviewer as the games adapt to you. Yes. You know, I th- yeah, I found that quite interesting, actually. Well, and it is, you want to look at the whole experience. And it, and it can it can work for the developer as well, because they can learn as they go. Um, like, Destiny's done it. Like, it gets a lot of criticism, and some of it's unjust uh, from some Destiny haters. But they they learned, and they've done well to keep their, their fan base going. Um, <sighs> well... The thing is, I, I, I don't understand Bungie, right? They learned their lesson. They brought out the Taken King, which was fucking awesome. But now they've scaled right back. Oh, yeah, the they've gone weird. And now they've fucked themselves up again because they're not releasing any yeah, DLC. Right. They're just releasing little content. Microtransactions. And everyone, Microtransactions. Yeah, everyone's like, <laughs> where's our, all our content gone? Where's our DLC? <laughs> we want our DLC. Where's it fucking gone? And now well, it's because they're getting gearing up for... Destiny 2, aren't they? <laughs> but that's not out till the end of the year. That won't be out till like September. So the they're going to lose so many people because get, there's going to be such a lack of content because they're only doing these drip feed event things. A lot of people are going to leave. Even the big streamers, like I watch a couple of the streamers, uh, Broman and uh, Gefalion, who play it, and even they're, they're like, we're kind of a bit bored cause running out of content. And they've started doing Let's Plays of other games. <laughs> yeah. Like Gefalion yeah. at the moment, he's doing Witcher Three, and he's be, he's been doing Destiny constantly for the part since it came out, and now he's like, oh, hey, let's play Witcher Three, awesome. <laughs> but he's quite, he mm. still does his like daily Destiny, but then he goes, right, I'm done for that now. Let's jump on to Witcher, and he seems to be really enjoying it, which is cool. Yeah, that's it, good. It kind of gives these guys because they've they've made their space with Destiny. It kind of gives them room to branch out into other games, and that seems to be working for them, which is which is pretty. Yeah, they've awesome. got the fan base already. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's um, really cool. I don't have that much time to play one game for that long. <laughs> I do. I need to play all the games. All the games. No, no. I need all the games. Neither do I, Timothy, but Metal Gear Solid just really, really spoke to me. Because when it first came out, I kind of, I just, I blitzed through Mad Max just to, you know, try and get that over with. And then by the time I actually hit Metal Gear Solid, it was just, I was kind of burnt out on sort of big open world games. So I bounced off it to begin with. And then eventually... I found my niche in it again, and so I did a big stint on it, and then I got I did Mission Thirty Two, and then 
I heard that it got a lot harder, and I thought, I just can't be bothered with that at the moment. You know, I've got so many other things to play. So I, I took a, a step back from it, and I played some other things, and then I came back to it, and that was it. I was just, as soon as I started it again, oh, this is what it's all about. You know, it doesn't matter how many other games I played, this is, this is my game, this one. And so yeah. that's when I've just put so much time into it. I mean, so I'm only, I've got another five side ops to do, and then all of them are done. Um, I'm just, I oh, am. Nice. I'm going to nail that platinum. <laughs> I'm going to absolutely nail it. So, yeah, Mr. Yeah. Mr. Greer, Jeremy Greer. Uh, he he's never played a Metal Gear Solid game, or he's always bounced mm. off them. And he he got it. We're taking credit for it, aren't we, Clifford? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he platinum that before any of us. Like he he got hooked. Um, he's he awesome. went deep in on that game. Yeah. That was just insane. Like he <laughs> hated, yeah. never liked him, and he's like, oh, I'm just so addicted. <laughs> just playing it constantly. But, <laughs> And that's a testament to um, to the engine and the gameplay because um, that's what he cared about. Um, so oh, smooth. Yeah, it's so stellar. Yeah. It really is. Did you guys um, read this article? I saw it on Twitter yesterday. It was um, about a guy in America. He actually he drove across country through 11 states and um, he actually managed to complete Metal Gear Solid 5 in 48 hours and 38 minutes just purely using solar power. What, what the heck? What? Who was driving the yeah. vehicle? Well, they're just because they'd like set up camp every night and everything, and they he'd actually he managed to calculate that one hour's worth of charge would get in two hours worth of gameplay. Or <laughs> like, yeah, no, there was one one hour yeah, one hour's worth of gameplay for two hours worth of charge. So right, he'd good. actually while they were traveling during the day, he had solar panels, so obviously soaking in the sun, and then that would actually store up in a battery which then he could then actually use to play when they parked up during the night so he actually managed to complete the entire game without once plugging in his tv or his playstation i thought that was incredible that's pretty cool <laughs> the, the, the things the ideas people can, can come up with is amazing that's just such a cool idea that's crazy was he using yeah. an oled screen because that would have saved more battery power <laughs> i think he was yeah I think it was, but just that completely blew me away. I mean, just I didn't even know that you could do that. <laughs> Why was he driving across the country? Was it just to do this, or was there other reason? <laughs> no, I think um, him and his wife just um, wanted to travel. I think so. They just they decided to travel across country. But he said in the article that um, he knew that everything could be left behind for when they got back. But he said he couldn't like leave his PlayStation behind. <laughs> so, he, so you know, I mean, the man's got his priorities sorted. Awesome. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I saw another article about how a man, the other day a man um, stopped at a petrol station and then drove like 90 minutes before realising he left his wife <laughs> at the petrol station. Was this the same guy? <laughs> oh, amazing. That probably, might well have been. Probably he might have maybe strapped the PlayStation into the passenger seat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, speaking of articles, actually, here's a quick question for you. There's been lots of sort of uh, talk and rumours about the, the NX obviously announced at um uh e3 and whatnot and what's going on blah 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 but one of the one of the the rumors that came out that it was going to be running a 900p at 60 frames and the internet was like blah that's crap 900p blah 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 and i thought to myself hold on a minute 900p 60 frames that's pretty good most of the Xbox One games don't even run at 900p 30 frames. So yeah. what the hell are they moaning about? Is it yeah. just me or are they just like, is the internet crazy? 
just you. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. I, I did, yeah, I just didn't get it because my, most of the games are 900p anyway and they're just upscaled. And then most of them run at 30. But if it's 900p 60, that's pretty damn solid, if you ask me. Well, yeah, and resolution only is effective if you're sitting really close to, like, the screen. Like, there, there's effective resolution. The further, you, yeah, the further you get back, the like seven twenty. The difference between seven twenty and ten eighty, you can't tell the difference if you like this. It's not even that far back. It's like two to three meters. Yeah, I think, um, I think, so, I think they were saying like it's like three times the height of your TV. You should be sitting back from it, and that's like the optimal distance. Yeah, sort of and yeah. yeah. But and that's that that's mad. the thing with it. Only high resolution is more effective for PC gaming because you're right up on the screen. But yeah. console gaming. But yeah, it's just like they was all like, "Ooh, Xbox One, PS4." But I was like, "Well, most most of those games run at 900p anyway." So I just want to play Zelda, and you can't play Zelda on a <laughs> Xbox or PS4. Okay, yeah. But yeah, some but of then the when you think of go on. So when you think about um, the fact that obviously Nintendo has always been this underdog, so every opportunity that people get to sort of put them down, you know, they keep trying to sort of bolster themselves up, saying, you know, we're going to do this and we're going to do this. And the internet just well, no, you're not going to do that. And we know you're not going to do that. Yeah. It's going to be interesting, right, because obviously there's been a few different types of rumours about it. And they're sort of saying, oh, it'd be this, it'd be that. It'll be a full console. The, the rumour now that's going around is that it's going to be two separate things. It's going to be a, a, a handheld unit first coming out, and then you can buy a box that plugs into your TV, and then you play the games from your handheld via the NX box that connects your TV, but it then gives it more horsepower, so it, the games are more graphically enhanced on your TV, which is a pretty crazy idea, but... There's also uh, what's true at the moment. It's all yeah. That's the kind of patents they've been going for, that they've been filing, um, and that that kind of does support. This is like I know you can get laptops now that have, you can uh, quite thin laptops, and you you can plug them into like an external graphics card. Graphics card, yeah. Um, yeah. And then you can play high end games. Um, so the concept is there. The other concept that they've filed a patent for, I don't know if you guys have heard about this, is actually cloud processing, but it's not like a server based cloud. It's actually peer to peer. Cloud, cloud processing, so it's like a localized cloud processing. Hmm. So they can right. actually, your, you can actually, your NX can be used to process gaming power for other players, like around the, around your region, around the world. <laughs> uh, it will be I say to more your region, and it will yeah, depending on lag between your, or depending on what gets processed, and so it's, it can actually. It's, it's real weird, and it might it may not work. It may work really well in Japan, where it's quite high uh, high density of of gamers, and especially Nintendo gamers. Yeah. But somewhere mm. like New Zealand, it might struggle because you know we've got one every block of that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah. and but the cool concept is you can actually dedicate certain amounts of your processing power from your NX to support other gamers, and you can actually buy mo- the, the 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 patent says that you can have multiple units stacked. <laughs> And you can actually, you get rewards, you get like, potentially you could, if you set up like five of them and have them processing all the time, you can build like Nintendo rewards and get free like games or free downloads <laughs> by adding processing power to the community. See, it's like a lot, a lot of people are saying, oh, we just want them to make a powerful console like the others and just go back to their roots like Super Nintendo and stuff. But I think those, those days of Nintendo are gone, to be honest. I think they like yeah. trying to innovate and trying to 
do something different from their competitors. So it wouldn't surprise me if they did come out with something like that. It wouldn't surprise. Oh, me definitely. Mm. Yeah, well, I mean, they, they've obviously got the, their finger on the pulse, and so you know, say what you like about Nintendo. You know, I mean, they've always been very innovative. Well, yeah, they they revolutionised and started the motion controls. Push, yeah. which is lead, which to be honest, is lead to some of these other like lead to like the connect and lead to um, it's been a support to the VR. So they've actually started the revolution. Mm, definitely, they, they certainly don't get the credit they deserve nowadays, which is it's a real shame. But then when you think what their competitors are doing, you know they they cover the mainstream markets, and Nintendo always you know they're always on a downbeat, which is like I said, it's a shame, but there's. You know, they have I mean, made some bad decisions that have deterred me, like the the whole YouTube stuff yeah. about mm. licensing, and yeah, it, it's well, a bit backward. Ho- hope, hopefully, with the new CEO now, they, they'll try and start putting their their feet forward. I mean, the only only, only thing they've really like console wise, they messed up on really is the Wii U. I mean, the Wii outsold Xbox 360 and PS3, so. That yeah. that generation they did they did really well, but obviously they've had a misstep with the Wii U. But we'll see, we'll see what they come out with. I think they'll definitely announce around sort of E three time. I think. Yeah. Um, well, the rumours are that the production's starting uh, very soon, and oh, so really? they actually expected to sell it this year. Yeah, I reckon announce at E three for sell for around Christmas time. I reckon. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Um, I have a feeling. I, I don't know. From reading the, some of the patent patents and stuff, there's a there's a chance it may just it'd be an add-on to the Wii U. So the Wii U may still work in the in the ecosystem that they're creating. I think people would be so mad if that's the case. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah. Anyway, we've been going for half an hour and we have not talked anything on our show notes <laughs> except <laughs> what, ever. What has been <laughs> been playing? I want to talk about what I've been playing. <laughs> Yeah, crack on. Far away. What have you been playing then? So, actually, not much. Um, I've been <laughs> <laughs> No, but there's a couple of things I want to talk about. I've been playing 80 Days again. It's a, it's just a simple um, uh, mobile game. And I got onto it from the, the boys at uh, Dar Souls um, mm. Mm. podcast. I don't know if you guys know them. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Very Matt well. Lees. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's just a, it's based on the book Around the World in 80 Days. Um, there's a movie that Jackie Chan did around the world in 80 days, <laughs> um, which has so many like big stars that appear in it as like cameos. It's real random, anyway. But the game's really cool. Like it's just a kind of pick a path book. But oh geez, it, 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 is this the one that confused me? And I was asking yeah, yeah, you why yeah. you was in London. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I saw that the other day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm an idiot. Um, it's... <laughs> Yeah, at the end of the game, it shows you the path you've done. You can tweet about it and share on social media. And yeah, everybody listening, uh, Clifford thought I was in London because <laughs> it showed I was at um, Heathrow. Uh, <laughs> I, I had a stinking rotten cold and my brain was not working. I looked at it and it was like, I was in Heathrow yesterday. And I, t- I texted you. And I was just like, why was you in Heathrow? I thought you'd gone to Japan, like gone there and then gone to Japan. I was like, that's a long way to go. <laughs> <laughs> no, Japan's not for a few months. Yeah, no, no, that's what I thought. See, this is what colds do to me. I just lost, I just lost all my marbles. I went a bit mental. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you next time you're sick, pick this game up and give it a play. It's really good. Like it's a text-based adventure. Uh, you at you players uh, passport the um, the valet uh, of of um, oh, uh, Mr. Fog Fog. I've forgotten his name. Cause it, Fog. He's got, 
And you make the decisions. So he's getting all the credit for going around the world because he's the master. But you're the one doing all the work. Like you make all the decisions. You manage the money. Uh, there's like a minor resource management system in the game where you can buy gear and some gear helps with your journey, reduces amounts because you're also going to manage the health of the master, uh, um, Mr. Fog because uh, as you travel, it wears them down and you can – and so there's all these decisions you can make. You can buy the right gear if you're traveling on a train or traveling on car or – and it's all in like a steampunk world. Um, it's all kind of an al- alternative world. Um, so there's like robots and there's more airships and hot air balloons and trains can can go over water and, <laughs> and so, so there's, they've taken some artistic liberty um, and there's like those animatronic horses and um, there's artisan, artisans who, who are around the world who are like a part of this, this guild who make these robotic kind of cr- creations um, but yeah you can buy gear and you can if you buy certain things in one place you can then sell it later on at any town you go to but certain items will be more valuable in certain places. Um, and so you can actually, you've got to manage your money. Um, you've got to manage your time because you can go to the bank at any time and get a get a withdrawal from Mr. Fogg's bank account, but that takes time to wire that money into that, that local bank. And so you have to wait, and that's obviously taking time. It's, but yeah, there's just some really cool experiences and really well written. Um, I've, I've finished it twice now. Once I tried going over the North Pole and died, I died of, of, the, of exposure to the cold, which was a great experience in, in reading it and how it was written. And then this time, I had a really cool experience. I think it was on a trip from, I went to Yokohama in Tokyo, in, in, in Yokohama in Japan, sorry, um, and bought myself a katana because you kind of have to. Um, go, you go to Japan, you got to buy a katana. And then I caught a boat to um, Hawaii. And on the journey, someone steals your katana and murders the engineer who's managing the, the, the engine room. And then you get, you get blamed for it, and then you've got to do a murder mystery and solve who, awesome. who, who killed the person. And the captain says, well, uh, you know, it's your sword, you're to blame. At the, and you say, well, give me time. By the time we get to Hawaii, if we haven't solved the murder, you can arrest us and put us in jail. And so then you've got like three or four opportunities to decide what to do over the next three or four days and you've got to like interrogate the right people and work out and it's just all you can choose wrong and you can be blamed for the murder or you can choose right and accuse the right person and yeah, very. it was really cool. Like it was, yeah, so, yeah, wasn't expected. It, sound, it sounds, sounds pretty cool, sounds fun. Sounds like, yeah, I might have to check that out, definitely. There'll only be a couple of quid. Um, and so just experiences like that are so isolated. Like, the, But then there's other times you just can go chat to people and you just can learn more about the world. And it's fantastic. For, like I'm coming, you come across cities that I've never even heard of. Like, <laughs> um, it, it, it's very fascinating. So yeah, it's worth a go. Um, I just was so impressed, especially with that little, these kind of gems within the game that you come across, like this murder mystery. And then later in the game going through, um, I went across through the middle of the US but I couldn't get up to Chicago there was no joining trip so I had to drop down south down to south um, south the southern states of America all swung past Jeremy Greer's place (laughs) (laughs) Um, and then headed back up and as I was heading back up towards New York there was like a a boxer on the train 
and, and so Mr. Fogg decides he's going to bet on you, the main your passport, to win a fight against him on the train. So he goes, forces you into a fight, and then you <laughs> win the fight by choosing the right thing in a text-based game. And it was just a fascinating way to look at a mechanic and to decide what to do based on text on how to win a, f- a fist fight. <laughs> it was quite fascinating. Um, I won, of course. Um, hey. Um, yeah, so yeah, highly recommend. Sounds quite fascinating, actually. Just the the, the whole take on how they they apply things. Sounds yeah, yeah. It, it's a lot of reading. There's some there's some ridiculous amount of of text in the game, and it, it, I would have seen very little of it. Um, yeah, like there's so much option that, that you can go. This like the first time I played, I went. I, I was like, I'm going to go down to New Zealand. I got to. <laughs> I made my way down to New Zealand and and then headed back up through. Um, South America, um, yeah, there's just so much variety and so much replayability, and the, the, the same Inkle is the company that who made it, and I've done a couple other games um, that I want to try. Sorcery, there's like a trilogy, and they're based on a Pick a Path book uh, yeah. that came out a while ago, um, and they've kind of added their own take on it, and it's it's a bit more RPG. There's a bit more of game gaminess in it, from what I've heard, but yeah, highly recommend. Um, great if you're going on a trip on the train or on a plane. Much more interesting than just a book because there's a bit more interactivity. So, yeah. Is it the kind of game where you can see yourself going back to it just to sort of better how many days it takes you to actually go around the world? You know, there's that. Do you see yourself doing that? Yeah, for sure. This, as I said, this is my third time. I first time I did 74 days. Second time I bad. died in the North Pole. Um, and then this time I did 65 days. Hmm, that's not bad. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. so yeah, I, I think I'll play it again. Maybe not, it's not straight away, but yeah, I kind of was like a few months in between. But because there's so much variety, you can purposely choose. Like, no, last time I left this way, I'm going to go this way this time. Like, mm. each, you, you, the first trip, you have to go to Paris, I believe. And from Paris, there are like five different exits. And then each city, there's, at least one or two to up to five or six different paths you could take depending on where it is in the world and so there's so much variety and in, in path and potential for things to happen that, that's good to hear it's, um, it's got uh, obviously replayability to it that's that's quite good for a, a mobile game because you don't, don't generally get that which is, which is pretty cool yeah uh, and I really like mobile games where you just can pay a couple of dollars and then play it without any microtransactions mm. <laughs> uh, it's just, yeah, it's good. Um, so I'd recommend it. So that's what I've been playing. And Halo. What Halo? playing Halo. Halo 1 with Odin, my son. Nice. It's a terrible but good game. In, in what sense, terrible <laughs> but good? The level design is rubbish. <laughs> I just... Like there's so much rep- repetition in the in the levels. I know it's an old game, and I need yeah, to be a bit. Remember when this came out? <laughs> I'm gonna say when did when, when when did it come out? What was I playing at the time? Um, I mean, like Whoa. 2000, 2001. It came out 2001. Yep, Josh, are you a Halo man? Uh, I played the first one. And I really enjoyed it. And then I played the second one, and I didn't quite enjoy it as much. And then I played the third one, and I thought it was rubbish. And <laughs> since then, I I haven't actually been back to it at all. I haven't. In fact, I I've still got 
the first two, and I need to go back to them just you know for old time's sake. But I really, I don't really see the fascination behind Halo. In all honesty, it doesn't appeal to me at all. Oh, it's interesting. Um, I played it multiplayer back in high school with my friends, but I always had Sony, and so would play it. Um, and that's all I ever played. I never played the the campaign, and so it's fun coming through. And I really want to like Halo. <laughs> Um, but so far, it's it's been kind of good and bad. Like the last level yesterday, they stick you on this. You got to jump on a warthog or a buggy, what do they call it? And it controls so bad. And then the level was designed that you can't actually drive, <laughs> but you have to drive to get there in time. Ah, oh, there's a skill to driving them warthogs. I'm a badass no, in them things. <laughs> oh, <it's> so <laughs> janky, man! <laughs> you just couldn't like. And then you'd jump off. And it made ramps, so you had to jump off. And then without you touching anything, it would start rotating. It's like, why is it rotating? <laughs> and so you can never... Yeah, it just drove me mental. Um, <laughs> and the jumping mechanic. Jumping when you can't see your feet is not ever a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when you bounce around like a rubber, uh, rubber ball. <laughs> 2001, man. 2001. <laughs> I don't know. I was playing Kingdom Hearts back then, and Kingdom Hearts was an awesome game. <laughs> and the jumping worked. Um... Yeah, it, it's fun. I like. I really like, especially playing with Odin. Like, he's his Minecraft gameplay um, experiences have helped him be good at the game. He's actually quite good. Yeah. <laughs> just because it's just run and shoot. Um, you point the little circle at people and shoot. Uh, so he's actually quite good. And uh, so it's been a lot of fun playing with him. Oh, that's awesome. So as I say, I like it. It's good, but it's it's been a bit frustrating. I'm putting that down to age. So I'm hoping the other ones get get better. So we have got the Master Chief Collection. Um, Josh, I don't know if you've... No, but yeah. So we've been playing, going through that. So we're playing the remastered version. So yeah, we're up to Halo 2 now. Yeah, I like... So. It, 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 I'd say probably story-wise, Halo 1's my favourite. And then sort of Halo 2 was my favourite for multiplayer. Halo 2's multiplayer was was awesome. That's where I spent most of my time. Halo 3 okay. was quite cool. And then it kind of started dropping off from there for me. After that, really. Yeah. Yeah, I've played a bit of um, Halo 5 uh, multiplayer um, with a bunch of dudes. Um, and that's been alright. But they have this Warzone thing. And I yeah. don't understand why the two enemy, this, your opposition, the red and blue, but then there's aliens that you fight as well. Yeah. Like, why are you mm. fighting the same... Like, I just find that really weird that there's two, they've just kind of made it too convoluted. And then there's these wreck, wreck pack things, wreck which packs, I think, yeah. I just don't get it. And it's, we just got, I played one, and we just got wrecked within a few minutes. The other team obviously were like, MLG, hardcore. Uh, I, I, I think, <laughs> they played tanks and stuff within seconds of the game. And like, we just got within, yeah, within a few minutes, we were completely isolated in our own home base and just getting spawn killed. <laughs> Joy. Uh, I think you can purchase rec packs. I think they're uh, mark transactions. I think you can actually buy. Yes, they are. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's I don't like that. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. But anyway, that's what I've been playing. So some good and bad. It's been fun playing Halo, but yeah, looking forward to trying more. Yeah, cool. What about you? Me? Ah, uh, well, I, I've had the big move, room move, this week, which I've obviously been sorting out. Sort of. So is that a game, or is that what you've been doing? 
That's, no, that's what I've been doing. <laughs> I thought, you might, thought it might have been a game. <laughs> so I wasn't. <laughs> yeah, move. That sounds like such an awesome. Like you have to pick up the sofa and move it, but you have to get it down the hallway. And I'm gonna make <laughs> it. I'm gonna make yeah. it. <laughs> it's 3D textures. <laughs> no, literally, because I I had obviously in the front room. I've got the the 50 inch TV, and then in my in the corner, I also had the 32 LED where my PS4 was. So the wife would watch TV and I'd game on in my corner because I got my own little corner. But uh, obviously I couldn't stream or anything like that because obviously the wife's telling me to shut up all the time. <laughs> if I'm talking, I'm like, shut up and child, I watch the TV. So yeah, you couldn't hear me on the streams and then he was picking up the TV. You could always hear like EastEnders and shit <laughs> down the, over Betula. my streams. Oh man, the TV programs on my streams so funny. So I, she finally decided to, it was cool that I basically I've moved all my gear into our bedroom now. So and I've set up like a hardwired connection into the bedroom and stuff. So it's it's, it's awesome. So I'm streaming. I, I now have a stream schedule, which I basically I stream every night now, Sunday to Wednesday, every night from about sort of half eight to half, uh, no, about eight to half ten every night I've been streaming but i've been streaming dark souls 2 i've been playing scholar of the first sin again oh, it just dropped again. down to 35 dollars new zealand i did it which is like 15 quid oh it's so good so i'm really tempted now oh it's so good but apparently like so i never played the original but this one is fucking tough as balls apparently the original was quite easy compared to this one but I never played it when it first came out. So yeah, see the f the first one the original it was easy at times, but then it was like stupidly hard as well. Yeah, Scott. Like it just was it was cheap hard, a little bit sometimes. All right, okay. Yeah, now I'm really enjoying Scholar. It's like I I have no base of comparison though compared to Dark Souls Two because I never played the original. So, but well, see, I played I played them in the original. That's yeah. why I haven't bought the Scholar yet. If everyone that I spoke to said that Scholar is by far. Oh yeah, really. and I'm loving it. I've I've been for it a few times now, like, and I, I'm on like my fifth or sixth character now. But now, yeah, streaming every night. But I got up to where was I? Yeah, uh, Sunday Shrine of Armana. I was gonna. Do oh yes. A, I was gonna do a two and a half hour stream, but like I got up to the Five fog minutes. gate almost before. No, I got. Uh, it was about an hour in the end of the stream because, yeah, I got got almost through to the fog gate to the boss area, and I was like awesome, and then I got invaded. I was like, oh shit got killed lost all my progress and that just gave me the ump and <laughs> on the stream i'm like for fuck's sake fucking poxy invaders and i get the right ump about it and i'm like bloody invaders because like, like i nearly killed him and then he ran off and hid behind a giant knight and healed himself and i was like you dick and then he came back and killed me and i was like shit so that gave me the ump i lost my stride I tried a couple of more times, couldn't deal with it, and I was just, just like, right, I'm going to end the stream here tonight, we'll come back tomorrow, I'm going to do Shrine of Amana on my own, and we'll we'll come back in at the boss, so you don't have to listen to me whinging and moaning about Poxy Shrine of Amana. So, yeah, well, but I've got, I've got the amp, my uh, controller got launched, and yeah. <laughs> well, that's, I think that's the beauty of the Souls games, is that yeah. the gameplay, it gets the pressure, is what makes it hard sometimes. It's not actually the actual game itself. Mm. It's the pressure. Yeah. Losing all your gear and then having that pressure to get back is what actually made it harder to get back. It was really that. frustrating because I'd done, I'd done perfectly fine and I was just about to go through and then getting invaded just completely balls it up for me. 
and it just yeah. it ruined my stride and I just couldn't because oh. I didn't have the patience to do it slowly again and I was just trying to rush through and it just yeah, yeah it just screwed me up big time so but I finally got through and I'm going to re obviously restart the stream again on Sunday uh, just going through into the boss area so but you could like I, I've been exporting them to my YouTube channel as well so they're all on there from sort of halfway through the game I think because I only start restarted streaming again sort of halfway through so the first chunk of the game which most people know isn't up but the rest of it is the first two episodes the mic's a bit near but the episode 3, 4 and 5 are really good because I now use my this mic I'm using now the Blue Snowball I use that when I'm streaming mm. oh, so cool. it, it sounds a hell of a lot better and everything's everything's crystal now So, but yeah you can That's catch good. them on my, my Death Note YouTube channel which is cool uh, yeah, and no, I've, I've started playing Undertale. Is Don't, it as good as people say? Uh, the internet's <laughs> going to hate me, man. Oh, really? That's a shame. The That's a shame. I've heard a lot of good reviews. The internet's going to hate me. Right. The story, well, they're going to hate me for about Halo. The story that goes along with it and the morals and the things they're trying to put into it, absolutely fantastic, and it really makes you think. The game itself, I don't like it's a pixel art game so I quite like my pixel art but it's a bit <coughs> the pixel art I think is a little bit weak to be honest but that's that's neither here nor there you can either take that or leave it it doesn't really matter but it's it's the actual encounters because obviously I don't know if you, you you've looked into it at all but you can you can either kill people or you can act and you can basically flirt with them or tell jokes to them and mm. try and spare them and not have to kill them basically mm -hmm. but the way you go about it is you do the action and then you basically have to go through a bullet hell type thing where you're dodging all these bullets in a box with your little heart and I'm shite at that stuff <laughs> <sighs> I weren't good at it when playing R-Type it R-Type I'm not good at it now and I just I'm like it's no, it's an RPG. Why am I doing bullet hell stuff? It's not a shooter. Meh. <laughs> well, just go. You just do the game. Is you just be the the jerk who kills everybody? <sighs> yeah, but apparently, see, even the, I don't want. To, I don't want to do that though, because then, because to to get because you can finish the game. Obviously, you do your passive run, and then you can do. You can only do a full passive run by completing it, but it remembers how you've completed the game. So when you start the game again, it does sound funny, and I really wanted to like it because everyone's said so much about it. And in the end, I just watched um, Dave Control's uh, Super Show on it, which was awesome. Oh yeah, I started watching there. I go, oh, I might play it, so I kind of turned it. I turned it off before it yeah. got spoiled. So I gave up in the end, and I watched that, and that was awesome. I, I, I enjoyed his Super Show more than I enjoyed playing the game. <laughs> Yeah, the, the, it's interesting. Yeah, but I guess it was it was God. it hyped too much for you? Like, was there too much expectations I, going I, in? I, I think that's probably what it is. But yeah, as I say, watching Dave Control Super Show, the, the story and everything that goes along with it, and sort of the moral aspects of things, was fascinating. Really interesting. It's a really new, interesting concept that, that these guys have created, and I can understand why everyone's falling in love with it because it is something different and it's not really been done before you know so it's well, well it's kind of similar to uh, everyone's comparing it to sort of uh, old game earthbound 
Yep. So, mm, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, I enjoyed watching Dave Control show more than actually playing the game. So, yeah. I might what go. did you think about the soundtrack? Because I've heard that a lot of people rave about the soundtrack, saying that it's one of the best parts of it. Oh, yeah. I would, to be. I can't. <laughs> I ha- I, 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 I'm pretty neutral on this one, to be honest, because I was so annoyed with the, the bullet hell stuff, I wasn't really paying attention. So I, I think <laughs> it's one of those things. I'm going to give it a, like a little bit and then go back into it and try, try and wrap my head around it a bit more. But albeit now knowing the entire story, I don't know if I will go back to it. That's the problem. Yeah. Yeah. That's oh, trouble. One day when you're off work or something, you might just feel like it and. Because I heard it's not very long. You probably push through it in like four to six hours or something. Uh, probably saying about that, yeah, like that. Yeah. yeah. But bar that, no, I've just been playing lots of Dark Souls. I'm back in the zone, getting ready for Dark Souls Three. So. <laughs> yeah, I'm tempted by that Dark Souls Scholar. It, it, dude, if you've got the money, I'd say get it. It's fantastic. Running, obviously, the 1080p 60 frames just beautiful anyway it's stunning and running at 60 frames it's gorgeous because it's just so much quicker it's brilliant it looks beautiful and obviously you've got the extra scholar scholar of the first sin stuff with it as well so that's that's some extra storyline which you wouldn't have seen before so so then actually because i lost my saves my uh, ps3 version um i've never actually finished the dlc um because i already yeah, I got you get those DLC as well, and you get the Scholar of the First Sin addition to the main game as well, which yeah, is yeah, it's awesome because it adds extra lore there. And that's the stuff I'm missing out on. So yeah, mm. I kind of need to do it because I, I would yeah, totally recommend it, dude. It's I can't. Oh, I, I'm in the Coffee <laughs> Jesus camp with this one. It is to me a masterpiece. <laughs> it definitely is. Oh, I'm sure it is. It's just yeah. yeah, I've always been avoiding it because yeah, it's hard to justify spending full price on a game I've already platinumed. Even though it does have the additions, and I bought the DLC, <laughs> so I think you'll definitely feel different about it. It's oh, uh, you just made realise that I bought the collector's edition and the DLC, and then this is another <laughs> game. It's like over three hundred dollars on this one game. <laughs> I'd be quite happy to give FromSoft three hundred dollars. I think we all would, to be fair. Yeah. It. But that's thing we haven't <laughs> asked you, Josh. Um, we kind of tend because we are kind of come together, me and Clifford, with the Souls franchise and mm, Bloodborne yeah. what's we always so we are sort of a Souls-ish cast what's your um, how did you get into the Souls games do you want to just give us a quick rundown right well basically I had never really heard of the Souls games until I actually started listening to podcasts so when I hit podcasts the Canyon Rinse was the first one I ever listened to and then when I listened to their shows on Demon Souls and everything and I thought this sounds really interesting I've never really heard this of this series before so that i got to dip my toe into it at some point but i thought i've got to wait for the right moment and the, my right moment for that was when bloodborne came out i thought right a brand new one coming out everyone else is going to be playing it it's going to be perfect time to just sort of have a crack at it see if i can get on with it see if it's for me and just i there's something about bloodborne that just, i think it's probably like the links to all the hp lovecraft stuff it just it really i don't know just spoke to me and uh, that's I've put almost as much time into that as I have into Metal Gear. To be fair, you know, I, I need to go back to it because I haven't done the DLC yet. But it's I'm good. planning on 
Oh, I absolutely love it. I've got, to, I've got to go back, do the DLC, and then I've got Scholar anyway. I've had it for a while, and I've tested it out, so I've dipped my toe in to sort of see, you know, like the differences between that and the Bloodborne and everything, and I think I can really get on with that. So I need to do the DLC and Bloodborne, and then I'll go and... I, I just basically... I'm going to go backwards. I'm going to make a stop and go forwards a little bit for Dark Souls 3, because I don't really want to wait until everybody else has finished it. I've, it's one of those games I want to play at the same time everyone else is playing it. You know, I want to be part of that of that community. The excitement. So, oh, definitely. I mean, I absolutely adored it when Bloodborne was out. So I'm going to take a stop, play Dark Souls 3, and I'm just going to just go in reverse order. So I do intend on playing them all, but just because yeah, there's so many other things that come out and, you know, so it's just trying to find the time because oh, you exactly. can't, you can't just put like an hour into that game. You know, you need like a good sort of three hour session to make any sort of progress. And, you know, but I do intend on sort of going back to him and I, I can't wait. Nice. Okay. So you're, you're a backwards, you're as like Clifford. You just come to it through Bloodborne. Yep. It's yeah, definitely. Cool. Yeah. Well, welcome to the Souls family. <laughs> oh, it's, it's an absolute pleasure to be here. <laughs> it seems mad. Like the, the way I sort of gush over and talk about that game. It sounds like I've been playing them forever. And it's only been a year or so. Well, that's the thing. I, I, I came into it with Bloodborne and I've just laid everything down into Scholar, obviously Dark Souls 1 as well. Played that through and completed that with a few different builds. But I'm still obviously on the on the Demon Souls hunt. I just can't get hold of a blinking PS3. It's been driving me nanas because I sold mine. So What? They need to put it on PS now, god damn it. It belongs, uh, no. it belongs to them. It's their game. <laughs> they're gonna, they're gonna yeah, remaster true. it. If they haven't done it to PS PlayStation now, they're gonna remaster they, it. They've got to because it, it, yeah, they, they have to. They own the IP. Why is it not on PlayStation now? That's the only reason yeah. I can think why they haven't put it on there. Is that they Josh? Are do you have tank. a PS3? I do have a PS3. Yeah, because Demon Souls. Is, I heard it was on sale recently. It's like four pounds. <laughs> I am planning on picking it up, but my um, my hard drive is currently jam packed. So I'm going to put the 500 gigabyte hard drive we took out the PS4 and put it in there, and then I'm going to get it. So oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, I did. I did that. Um, for my, I upgraded my PS4 as well. Mm. Nice. Oh, it's good. Yeah. So I've been around since the beginning. Before it, um, I played it before it even got released in in Europe and New Zealand. Uh, my brother had an imported copy, um, so I was way early <laughs> into the, the Demon Souls world. So, so yeah. talking RPG stuff, I'm going to nudge us on. Oh, yeah, sorry. Division. Sorry. The Division. <laughs> There's been oh, yes. a lot of, uh, obviously, footage and stuff coming out from alpha builds and test builds and stuff. And we've now started <laughs> to learn a lot more about the game. Um have you seen or looked at any of this at all, Vader? Yes, I spent yesterday afternoon researching and getting into it. Um, so what? what's your views? Because I've got a few different views, because obviously it's very, very similar in its stance to Destiny, so I've got a, a different kind of view as to some people have. What What? what, what, what are your, your views of it? Well, in our show notes, I've written down the question, expectation level, like where are we at? A couple of years ago, I was pretty hyped for this game. I really liked the look of it, the concept of it, and the potential gameplay. Yeah. And then things kind of got delayed, <laughs> and mm-hmm. my expectation level went right down, and I just was not, I just couldn't care less. Um, actually, to be honest, a few weeks ago, I was like, ah, it's been delayed so long. Is it going to be another Ubisoft kind of 
iffy game, um, pulling Assassin's Creed Unity on us. Um, uh, it just wasn't interesting. I'd kind of given up. Um, really low expectations. But yesterday, <laughs> after looking into it, uh, it's definitely piqued my interest again. I'm, I'm actually, I've been sitting uh, actually this morning looking up where I can get the cheapest, where I can pre-order so I can try the beta. <laughs> um, because yeah, I think I'm pretty I'm pretty keen on getting it now. Um, from looking at all the stuff, uh, that's kind of my you know top kind of view. Um, deep d- diving into a bit deeper, I really like the look of the gameplay. It reminds me a lot of what F- Freedom Fighters was, but yeah, in I a can very, see that. very modern way. Well, I'm glad you even know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, I've oh. still got my copy of it. Yeah, yeah, same. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, actually, were you the one I when I tweeted? You, Josh, you might be the one I I took a picture of my gaming shelf and you are you the one that kind of commented oh nice you got freedom fighters i think i might actually yeah and i was <laughs> really impressed I, that you even I, spotted that in the clutter yeah <laughs> that's that's a oh that's Great a gem game. it is a gem. yeah very underrated game um well not underrated necessarily but under appreciated or under known mm, definitely know. um do you know it clifford no no it's a third person shooter set in new york uh, guerrilla warfare in New York, and it's the story is that the Ru- um, the Russians won the Cold War, and so they're the, the major power of the world, and the U.S. Uh, a lesser power, and Russia used their power and in- invade um, the U.S. in modern times. So it would have been like 2005 or whenever it came out. Oh, okay, um, I can't remember when it came out. Maybe too earlier than that, 2003. Too. Well, I mean, the, the, isn't it made by IO Interactive, the guys behind um, like Hitman Two and all that? I, I'm terrible with. I'm getting better at developers and publishers back then. I would never because uh, from what I can remember, I think it might use the same engine or something like that. Yeah, good chance. Um, and so it's a third-person shooter. And what it starts off that you're a plumber and you're heading to a job, and you just happen your job that day happens to be the person who's trying to warn. Uh, is kind of setting up this militia, trying to warn the US that they're going to be invaded because hmm. the government's turning a blind eye. And so you just turn up, you just happen to be there as doing, to, to fix your toilet on the day that the attack happens. <laughs> and so you get pulled into the revolution or the, the, the resistance against this, in this, um, this, this Russian army uh, that's taken over the US. And it's all guerrilla warfare through York, and it's, you can command a little platoon of people. Uh, it's very cool. Um, but it reminded me a lot of the gameplay and potential and something like that I could imagine being remade to play like the Division's looking like. Yeah. Um, and it also had some kind of that third-person shooter Metal Gear Solid online feel to it, the way someone can use a shield and work, yeah. work, work as like a tank and then their mates can kind of shoot off their shoulder, which doesn't work as well in first-person shooters um, because you can't really see what's, what your body is and what's been hitting you and what's not hitting you. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so those are some of the thoughts I've had. Um, I like the world setting. I like the potential for story. Yeah. See, um, see, this is the, the thing with me. Like, I, look, I was the same as you. When it first came around, massive hype. I was like, oh, awesome, awesome. Died off. I was like, eh, not bothered. Then all these videos started coming out. And I was like, okay, this looks interesting again. But right, obviously, I watched uh, the lobby from GameSpot the other day and I was talking about so I was playing it um, the RPG elements of it I think look really really interesting obviously yep. it, it's nice there's a lot of way to spec your characters you're not locked into one kind of spec you can change that on the fly 
which is really, really good. But the one thing that stood out to me that the guy said, he, he basically, it's a third-person shooter, and Danny O'Dwyer basically said to him, what's what's the shooting like? And he, he turned around and said, yeah, it's okay, it gets the job done. Hmm. Considering the game, you're going to be shooting all the time, constantly, mm. that worries me a little bit. Because that was the only thing yeah. that held Destiny together when it first came out, is that the shooting mechanics on that game was fantastic. That was what yeah. held that game together. And I'm just slightly worried that if that's what I'm going to be doing all the time and it's just okay, <laughs> uh, it worries me. I, I see what you mean. Mm, yeah. But Destiny only has the shooting. <laughs> when it first came out, that's all Destiny had. Um, but, no, it, there it, was no story. No, yeah, there was. There was. <laughs> there was. Every, this is the thing. Was, Everyone said there's yeah, no story. Stuff. There's no story. But it was like Dark Souls. It was all there. Nah, you just had to the look for Yeah, exactly. They, they, should have put the, they should have put them in the game, though. Exactly. <laughs> they should exactly. have been in the game. But there was a lot of lore. Don't get me wrong. I, I really enjoyed my time with Destiny. And as I've said on the, on the cast before, is I've had some nostalgia and wanting to get back into it. I've had those feelings, even though it's a really new game, recent game. But... um. <laughs> The ga- yeah, the gameplay was tight and it was good, mm. but it was there was no point to a lot of it. It was very repetitive, it just uh, different skins. Whereas this looks like it'll be a lot more dynamic. See, that the, like, the, the, that is my worry that this is going to be very repetitive because the the, the thing also because it was it's a viral outbreak and they've locked down sort of Manhattan. Da, 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 and I thought, oh, viral outbreak. There might be some mutated creatures, bit of a apocalypse thing going on, but it's not because it's a Tom Clancy thing. They're all going to be human enemies. That, for me personally, just going to be fighting standard human enemies constantly will get boring for me pretty quickly. Me personally. That's all Destiny was, though. They were just human characters that didn't look human. Yeah, but that's that's the thing. They were different. They were different sort of creature. I I I can see what you're saying. They're human, but they're all humanoid shape. But they're different type. Of enemies like yeah, robots, yeah, like obviously monsters. Da, da, da. This will just be dudes in hoods, the entire game, and and also the other thing is because they haven't got these type of like uh, say with Destiny, say you had the robot, but then you had a big robot, and that's why he took he was a bullet sponge, blah 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 blah. Whereas in this you've got dudes who are just in hoods and they're bullet sponges, but there's no real reason for them to be that way because they're just humans. So it's kind of like... Yeah. I, I like that they're doubling down on the RPG element of it. Um, and to be yeah. honest, the shooting being how it is, it, Freedom Fighters was kind of similar. It wasn't, it wasn't, you know, like a super sharp shooter because it's third person. Yeah. Uh, and I'm okay with that. Like, I really like the, the potential of the, the RPG elements. Mm. See, I really want to get into the beta. Hopefully, they'll send me a code because I've asked for one, so... Oh yeah, I tried asking for one, but they, they it keeps timing out. So I think I might pre-order yeah, see, <laughs> and just cancel it if I, I don't like yeah, it. I asked for one like ten months ago, <laughs> so hopefully I'm at the top of the list somewhere. <laughs> so Josh, what are your thoughts? Yeah. We've got me and Cliff kind of the opposite ends of the spectrum a little bit. Mm. So I, I was watching. <laughs> yeah, it's a tough one. I mean the. Tom Clancy games I find to be a little bit hit and miss, to be honest, uh, because of the, uh, when it comes down to it, 
it's just it's a name that's slapped onto it and it just if you take the name away sometimes it just seems to be you know just a bit generic and you just a little bit throw away you know you just it seems like a lot of other games on the market and to my to be honest this one kind of seems like that to me it doesn't really have anything that sort of shouts to me you know you must buy this when it comes out it's i mean it looked good but i don't know i just because i've played so many games like that in the past I'm not really inclined to to really check this one out. It doesn't really do anything for me, in all honesty. But then again, I I thought that about um, Rainbow Six, and Siege seems to be quite good. I mean, it seems to be like a kind of like a small sleeper hit from last year, really. I mean, everybody said that it was actually for a Tom Clancy game. It turned out all right, you know. So, yeah, yeah. Well, see, I I I tried the beta for Rainbow Six and. I find it quite limited to what it is. It's cool, and the mm. concept's awesome, and I like the siege um, aspect of it. And there's quite there's some quirkiness to it, but it was just a shooter, and that's really what it all is. Um, yeah. Whereas it's definitely- I, there's nothing so to the world. There's nothing to the and I, I want to kind of be and I often get disappointed because I, I have these expectations of games, and some games just don't deliver on that that wonder or that um, excitement that a world can create or that mystery. And you'd hope from a, a game based on a book, and that's what I'm hoping and I, I feel about this game, is that it's, you've got that depth already written for you. So as the developer, yeah. it should be easy to flesh out that world because it's already there. And I think that's why Witcher is so cool, is because the developers obviously are a fan of the books, and they've de- mm. dived into this book and pulled out that richness and just put it in graphical form. Um, I'm doing funny hand actions as I talk. Um, I don't know why. Um, <laughs> And I'm, 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 I watched the live action little mini series they've released mm. to to build hype, mm. and I really enjoyed them. They were hyper violent, some of them, and a bit ridiculous. Um, but it was just I loved seeing that that potential for that those stories that that you could be finding in the world for those people in need and those people that you can find and help. Um, whereas you don't have any of that NPC interaction with with Destiny. Whereas I believe they're gonna that that will be in the main story of this game. Yeah. That world just seems so exciting, this whole that, New York that you can play in. That was the other thing that kind of disappointed me a bit as well, was that um, obviously seeing how the the way the world works and stuff is that when you leave those social hubs, you won't see anyone. And that was kind of disappointing for me. I was hoping to be sort of maybe out in the field and come across other players and stuff, but that won't happen. Cause you, I think I'd like that because the problem is I don't, have enough people I always I, that I can play with regularly, mm. and that's the mm. that's where I lost interest in Destiny, and that's what I talked about in the lobby as well. Is it's fun to play, but when you're not playing with friends and goofing around and having fun with friends, it gets tiresome quickly. Oh, Whereas oh, yeah, I want to be able to experience the game mm. by myself, and it seems like it's built to do that. Yeah, but you can also have fun with friends oh, when no, that no. time suits. Yeah, no. What I meant is just wandering around and you bumping into other people the dynamic in, yeah just yeah, uh, yeah, other yeah. people in the world but you won't see that unless you move into sort of social hubs or the sort of the pvp zones it would well, have been see, nice I, to be able to see that but I, it would have been but i do like that they have that whole dedicated zone for that um which apparently is like a third of the whole map or something like it's quite chunky the space that's dedicated to that yeah the, the, uh, the pvp zones and then it's stripped down into um level sections as well the lower south you go is lower level tier 
And so as you get stronger, you can move up north through the yeah, PvP yeah, zones into the stronger zones, which is cool. So you're not just going to go in there and get destroyed by high-level players. They yeah, might be the, hovering. The yeah. Which, which um, cool. And so I, I, I see what you mean. It would be cool to have that kind of drop in and out, kind of like Destiny does, because that is fun. But I, I, I would try and interact with people in Destiny, like the people you're just popping into your server and you go, oh, look, there's someone else there shooting, and you'd go help them shoot. But no one was ever interested in actually joining up. Like, because mm. I had no friends when I first got my PS4. Um, <laughs> oh no, PS4 <laughs> friends to play with. And and I would actually send invites, you know, can I or try and join them? And they just would leave, and they just no one was interested in that. Mm. So like, I think mm-hmm. I think it's good to have it because in reality, people don't actually like or don't tend to team up. Um, and, yeah. and ad, ad hoc situations and so I kind of like that it's you can go solo and it's built for that whereas Destiny is built to play with people and so uh, yeah uh, I think I'm okay with that because <laughs> all you fellas are in funny time zones yeah when, I, when, I'm, when I'm getting up and when I'm playing computer you're, you're getting up for work aren't you so yeah and I start work early so I can't even play with you before yeah. I go to work yeah <laughs> <laughs> But we can maybe sort out some Saturday mornings and you guys Friday nights we can team up with. But um, yeah, absolutely. Mm. I got I got really excited about how it looked like Freedom Fighters. That kind of was like, oh man, imagine Freedom Fighters built like this. <laughs> I got excited. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think the beat is going to tell once once everyone starts getting into the beta, which is once again slightly worrying because everyone's trying to enter their uh, codes into the beta site and the site crashed. So well, that's what betas are for. I've got a feeling the game is going to crash day one on the beta. It's <laughs> just going to go see you later. <laughs> ah, that's what the four. I, I found it interesting that Xbox has got three days and the PS4's got two days. Yeah. I, I thought maybe that's because they needed more time with the Xbox because they're worried about it. No, <laughs> it's, I think they're um, they're just aligned with them like Battlefront was with PS4. Oh, are they? Okay. Yeah, they've got a, a publishing, not a publishing deal, but like a just give people more time. Yeah, it's like a like an advertising deal with them. So when you see it on TV, it'll be plays best on Xbox One and all that malarkey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ones, yeah, just slung them a few quid. So. Yeah. But yeah, it looks interesting. I think I, I definitely think uh, once the beta goes live, I think we'll definitely be able to get a better view. I, as I say, I think the RPG aspects of it look really interesting, and that's what can I think will keep people hooked. Is the, the the getting better gear and leveling your characters, trying different builds and that sort of thing. So, yeah, yeah, it, it's got it's got the potential. The I, I I want it to be good because I, I I've looked out for it for so long now, but I'm 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 holding back my expectation on this one. Mm. Yeah, I think I worry I've got a little too excited and might be disappointed, but um. Yeah, so that that's how I was with Watch Dogs. I, I had my eye on that <laughs> since the moment it was announced. Yeah. And then it, I, I was stupid enough to go and buy the £100 collector's edition. And I finished the story and I haven't even touched it since. Yeah. So, well, you get Watch Dogs 2 this Christmas probably by the sounds of things. I might well do, but the thing is, if it's anything like Watch Dogs 1, I'm not really inclined to buy it, in all honesty. Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, if they pull an Assassin's Creed on us, we're going to get a in good game. <laughs> they, they they did it with Assassin's Creed. I mean, Assassin's Creed One was a bit meh. Assassin's Creed Two, they learned all their lessons, and it was such a better game compared to the first one. And I've it was, got, yeah. I've got it, a feeling that they've learned a lot of their lessons from Watch Dogs One. And if it is Watch Dogs Two that they're going to be bringing this Christmas instead of Assassin's Creed, I've got a feeling that they've they've 
would have learned a few of their lessons. But it, it, it'll be funny because they haven't even had any sort of announcements or inkling. So it'll be a bit of an E3 thing for them to go, right, here's Watch Dogs 2 coming out this Christmas. Well, they've been yeah, well, pretty been... good at doing that. Sorry, mm. go Josh. Yeah. No, I was just going to say, um, I mean, it was only really sort of announced by accident, wasn't it? If I remember correctly. I, I can't remember. I don't know if I've heard that, it's for sure. Well, I don't think they've even confirmed it. They've definitely 100% confirmed, obviously, Assassin's Creed isn't coming this year. So, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, see, Far Cry, I was surprised, quite surprised with Far Cry Primal. Um, and that's one, actually, is that I'm kind of keen on getting, actually, it's <laughs> coming out soon. That was only announced, what, two months ago? It's coming out next yeah. month? It's good. They're learning yeah. their lesson not to make us wait a million years. <laughs> Except for uh, Square Enix and Final Fantasy VII. Because <laughs> they, they've showed us all this lovely stuff, but we're not going to get it for God knows how long. Well, see, I'm hoping because they're splitting it up into chunks that we can get the first one sooner, and they might surprise us and go, yeah, end of 16 or early 17. I reckon I'm really Chris- hoping. I reckon Christmas 17. I'm hoping sooner. Really am. <laughs> <laughs> but, um... Yeah, Far Cry Primal is coming out. That looks actually quite interesting because it I, it does look like they've kind of taken away the the formula that they keep using and all the fallouts and not fallouts, sorry, uh, Far Cry's um, and the Assassin's Creeds and the Watchdogs. It's just a set formula. It just gets so repetitive. Um, See that kind yeah. of uh, have they got rid of that formula when I saw it? They kind of looked like they still had the same formula of There's taking be some over of and taking over the the villages of rival clans mm. and yeah there will be there's, there's bound to be some similar similar formula they can't get rid of it all um but i know i like i, I look different and i liked i like the concept of, of playing that rather than just your shooty shoot man yeah definitely like get out your spear yeah. get out your bow and arrow it's it's it's, it's definitely a lot it's and it seems a little, yeah. a little bit a bit more survival um elements to it from what mm. i've read and yeah. seen um so the concept seems cool to me, and I'm kind of keen to try it because I kind of I think I need something new, to, different to play. Um, yeah, it definitely looks interesting. It, it's, the, so, it's the first Far Cry I've actually looked at and gone, mm, I'll yeah, same. That go, I think same. Mm. Um, mm. Yeah, but yeah, that Watch Dogs they needed they need to change that formula. Like I really really enjoyed Black Flag, Assassin's Creed. Yeah, I thought it was my first mm. one of my first PS4 games. Um, yeah, it was one of my first as well. And it has the classic collect lots of stuff, but it's so well spread out, and there's just so much fun in between, aka blowing stuff up with ships. With ships, exactly. That's what <laughs> made that, was that the best game. Bit. Exactly, that's what made that game yeah. fun because they it's pirates. You, you, could, you could stop doing yeah. Assassin's Creed stuff and be a pirate. <laughs> so they should exactly. just make pirate games. Yeah. <laughs> Screw Assassin's yeah. Creed, just make pirate games. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you, you give me that now, and I wouldn't be whinging. Yeah. I, I got Unity off the back off because it came out and it had bad, bad came out badly. But I just finished um, Black Flag, and really thoroughly enjoyed it. Just I super enjoyed it. I actually was streaming it, had a lot of fun with it. Got Unity. They had, they had the collector's edition for half price. I've got the little Frenchy dude on my on my shelf. Cool statue. I got it at half price. I was like, that's the deal. Got it at Boxing Day after Christmas. Sold the game as soon as I finished it. Was not interested. It was so, got so repetitive and boring. Um, the world was amazing. Like, Paris looked fantastic and it was fun to run around in, but the, the level, the story had no idea what was happening. 
Finished the game. Not a clue why I, I was fighting. <laughs> the level design was rubbish. Um, like it just instead of adding new um, gameplay to it, all it did was just we're going to put more guys in smaller areas, and you have to sneak through. Good luck. <laughs> like there was just nothing to it, and I just got so frustrated. And it was just, and the the map was just covered in junk. So much junk on that map. And it didn't matter because I had the best sword in the game after playing one online match thingy with someone who took me to the hardest, he was really high level, he took me to the hardest multiplayer thingy, I can't remember what they're called now. Um, I did nothing because I couldn't because everyone would kill me one hit. He finished it, I got crap loads of money, bought the katana and the rest of the game was stupidly easy to kill anybody. <laughs> like it was super broken. Um yeah, I had the katana like the whole game, and it was like the best sword except for the in-game sword. Which, yeah, that's enough ranting about Assassin's Creed. It was fun to play, but there's just so much junk that was no need to be there. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, that's my little side rant. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, that's cool. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so what? What else has uh, been going on in the world? What? V- VR. I- that's that's been going on. There's been a lot of talk about ah, VR yes. at the minute, hasn't there? And obviously with uh, Oculus. Oh, I've uh, just punched the mic and lost my headphone. Can't hear anyone. There we go. <laughs> there we go. Have that. I'll just pull the just for, out Before we jump to Come. VR, I just wanted to ask, did you guys watch those live-action series for The Division? No. I watched the trailer today, um, and I felt it was a bit ham-fisted, but I, could, I reckon I could get on with it. Was it the trailer, the live-action trailer, or...? Yeah, it was the one where the the kids singing in the street. I don't know if there's more than one trailer. This is the one I saw. I haven't seen one. These ones, there's one that's like ten, or six to ten minutes long, and they're kind of like little short movies of different agents that get kind of um, pulled into the the game, and it explains more about how that how you're set up as the division. Just they seem to be doing that quite a lot because they did the similar thing with Rainbow Six, where every Every character you unlock, they actually have their own sort of separate backstory. So I think that might be a new thing that they're trying to sort of push forward. Well, a lot of games, the game industry is pushing and um, is pushing multimedia. Like Halo's done it. I have heard mm. that Activision's hired the producer from like Quentin Tarantino movies to mm. work got, on, um, yeah, work on got, multiple uh, multimedia TV yeah. shows and like they're doing Skylanders cartoons and. And we've got Quantum Break as well with the whole yeah, yeah, half-hour yeah. sort of series thing that's, you know, yeah. So they're definitely pushing that multimedia concept. Mm. Sorry, yeah, I just thought I'd ask if you guys had seen it because I, I quite enjoyed them, actually. So yeah. No, I, I, will, I will check them out. They sound quite cool, actually. Um, sorry, I derailed us again. I apologise. I've had a lot of rants. Uh, <laughs> VR. <laughs> so, yes, uh, the, the internet's been a storm of Oculus's... Uh, 600 US dollar price. Everyone's gone a bit crazy about it. I kind of, yeah. I kind of expected it, to be perfectly honest. Oh, so did I, yeah, without doubt. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. still... What, 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 what's, your, what's your kind of... What do you think uh, Morpheus is going to come in at? I, I, I think it's going to come in at around 450, 499, I think. Uh, USD, you mean, or...? Uh, yeah. Because that could, that'd be like real pricey. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> those pounds. Yeah, four fifty, four nine nine USD. So I reckon maybe three nine nine English. 
Yeah. I don't know. I just don't. I was listening to the Chomp Chain boys the other day, mm. and they were talking about it. And Chris was like, "No, nah, they can't. They won't. They can't bring it at the same price as a console." And the other Joe and the other lot were like, "No, nah, it's going to. It's going to. You're wrong." <laughs> and yeah. I kind of lean with with Chris for a few reasons. Is that one? Sony have have learnt a lesson before. Two, they have software to make money off. Oculus don't. Yeah, I suppose so. And and that's one thing I think that they were forgetting, and, and I think what Chris was trying to say, and I completely agree with, is that Sony has a, they've got, they've said they've got a hundred VR games in the works. So that's quite a lot, yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> some of them will be small, you know. They've got software to make money from. Yeah, Oculus don't have that infrastructure that Sony has, and so they they can't lose money off hardware because where are they going to make their money from? Uh, yeah, they'll be selling. Uh, I don't know. I guess I guess they'll be selling um, people rights to be able to use the Oculus Rift to make mm. games. Yeah, but um, so that so I, I can I, I can totally understand that. Well, maybe maybe they'll bite the bullet, take a small loss on it. But how much does one of them cost them to make? It's it's a brand but new piece of tech. We also we also know that we also know that the Morpheus is not high as high specced as, as yeah. Mm, yeah, but then that said, the the Morpheus is coming with a processor. It's coming with its own little computer with it. So, yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> I, I honestly think it's going to come in at anywhere between sort of two nine nine and three nine nine, UK. Yeah, yeah, it's got to. Yeah, you, you're right. It has to cost money. Like that's that's the bottom line. It's just I guess I had my hopes up to picking it up, and I don't know if it's priced too high. At a certain point, I just won't be able to do it. Um, won't be able to justify it. No, the Iceland, I can't justify it. And just the amount of risk that comes with something like that, because at the end of the day, that it is just another peripheral feature, mm. and there's always the big risk. And it doesn't matter how much hype they put behind it. There's always the risk of, you know, is it just going to be something I'm going to use twice? Think, oh yeah, that's pretty cool, and they just sort of put it in a corner, and then never really pick it up because there are never any games that I consider good enough to actually warrant using it again. Yeah, and that is the worry, especially with seeing, with seeing the things like connect and move. But they had, they had potential to do cool stuff, but they just didn't. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, I, I think I mentioned before, sorcery that came with move. I saw it and I was super keen on it. I wanted to be a wizard with my wand and flicking my wand around and being a badass wizard. Right. But the you, game was just so scaled back. What was that? Yeah. yeah you, you'll be using your moves. Don't worry about that. If you've still got them, you'll be using them with Morpheus. <laughs> Don't matter. Yeah. But the technology works. Like those yeah. those controllers, um, yeah, I do have them. Good. So, I hope that they do release one where it's it's kind of that you don't you can get a cheaper version without the controllers. Like if you've already got them, and well, one that looks a bit better that doesn't have a giant golf ball on top. <laughs> I think they're so. Oh ugly. yeah, please. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it's disgusting. <laughs> but I understand the concept. That the the, the design to be like the motion caption, like the motion caption suits that have the little ping pong ball stuck yeah. to them. That's the idea, and it's. Yeah. And that's why they actually work quite well is because they have that same technology and yeah. um yeah, I don't know. The uh, it is pricey, um especially that you got to get your PC to match it. Well, that's the thing, you get yeah. your Oculus at 600, you need a high-end PC with at least a 970, so you're probably looking 6 to 700 to build the machine as well. So you oh. you're looking at 12 to 1400 pounds to be able to run Oculus on its own. So 
Yeah. Well, that's funny. I saw like on a forum or some posting, it might have been on a GameSpot comment, someone <clears> said, yeah, this is ridiculous, the $600. Like you have to, you have to get a $1,500 PC. And then someone commented like, well, look, eight, or one of the companies, one of those PC companies that kind of do pre-made, like Alienware or somewhere like that, have already announced that they're doing uh, an Oculus Rift ready PC for 999 it's like still that's pricey. <laughs> like, it's US dollars nine 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 plus six hundred. Like it still doesn't prove that it's cheap. Uh, <laughs> but the, so the comment was ridiculous. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I'm keen for. I'd like to see it um, to go further. It, um, it, it's see the thing is I I, I think that VR is going to take off in other ways than gaming. To be honest, I think it's going to be used in other applications more than gaming mm. to be honest yeah because it's got so much aspects on on other applications like obviously dealing with certain sort of uh like like uh soldier ptsd and things like that like the army the british army have been using oculus to help treat ptsd by putting soldiers back mm. into sort of war situations without actually putting them there and sort of things like that which i think is really really cool and they've got a lot of use for outside applications other than gaming which I think they've got limitless potential if they do it right well and some of the other companies that are getting involved with VR like some of these peripherals for VR are pretty cool like they've got companies doing gloves that so it's actually like one for one movement for your hands mm. um, you've got mm. um, the Omni Rider you've got other kind of like 3D treadmills to do so, so you can actually be immer- fully immersed and not worry about running into a wall. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's just some really cool stuff. But um, I think the Ch- Chomp Chain Boys said it as well. Like, yeah, it's, you're going to see it in arcade, like another version of arcade. Instead of playing Laser Force, you're actually going to be able to play Laser Force but with a Halo skin where you can actually run around. And that would be cool. Yeah. That you could run around and the walls in the game match the walls in, real, in the real world. I think that'd be kind of... It's kind of it doesn't seem necessary, but just to be able to put yourself into a like actually be pretty different awesome, world <laughs> would be pretty awesome. Like Laser Force is still fun as it is; like it's still fun to play as an adult. <laughs> laser, <laughs> laser tag. Um, but if you could actually make it so you actually everyone that you're playing against looked like Spartan or looked like um, one of these other what are the yeah. what are the other bad guys called? <laughs> the Covenant. Or something like that. Like you actually look like a Spartan. Your enemy look like a Spartan, and the actual world look like a Halo ship, like or a, or a space marine. Like that yeah, would be cool. Yeah, and it's pretty ex- cool. And you could map and yeah, map the whole room you're in to the digital world. I think that could be really fun. Um, but again, they're not that mobile yet. <laughs> we don't have battery packs big enough. Yeah, I, I think VR is going to become more more uh, commercially viable. I'd probably say in about four to five years mm. sort of yeah. price wise that that's when everyone I think is going to start because at the moment they're, they're going to be a premium product but at the same time that's why I kind of want to support it because I want yeah. to actually make it so it is viable I don't want it to fail like I want it to be successful so if, we, if yeah does it, does it make sense like I want to support it for the potential well yeah that's the thing the yeah, more like people buy be, it yeah. now the more people buy it now the, the cheaper it's the more money get. they'll be thrown at it yeah mm. yeah yeah, but there's rumours that Apple are, ch- are going to be jumping on the VR bandwagon. <laughs> that wouldn't surprise me. They jump on every bandwagon. 
Man, they start some bagging wagons too. Yeah, they do, yeah. <laughs> we wouldn't have touch phones if we weren't for them. Cool. Well, the ones that actually work, yeah. The ones that actually work properly, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. It, I think it's just that it's definitely a wait and see game with VR. Definitely. Mm. I, it, I, wanna, I want Sony to come out and sort of announce their price and just to see the reaction of the internet and just see what happens as that comes through it'd be quite interesting I, I did find it funny the Oculus, Oculus Rift guy came out after people started complaining yeah. and he was like oh but the Sony one is is not as good as our one <laughs> like, <laughs> he, he, like, he just sounded like he just sounded like a little whiny baby like did you actually read the um, the interview with him though because a lot of people misquoted him big time. Oh, I'm sure they did. I, yeah. I think I must have. I he he, he basically said, look, the, the, the Morpheus is a fantastic product, blah, blah, blah. But basically he said, look, ours is, yeah, it is slightly higher spec than theirs, but he did say, yeah, it's still a fantastic machine. But yeah, he was like totally well, misquoted and it that's sounded good. like he was like, yeah, it's a load of <laughs> shite. Ooh, that was much better. Ooh, fuck off. <laughs> I just yeah. sounded quite funny. <laughs> hey, yeah. Nah, it's cool. Um, but yes, yeah. it's a wait and see thing with VR, I think. Definitely. For sure, for sure. For sure. Yeah, definitely. Well, well, on the last episode, we uh we don't we ran a little competition to win a couple of games. And Yes, uh, we did. Sorry they weren't the best games. We'll try and get better stuff in the future. Yes. We're <laughs> we're only a small podcast at the moment, so but it's all good. It's all good. But we we had a couple of uh people and obviously the games we were giving away uh, i was obviously led to uh, believe that obviously tomb raider was a games for gold at one point and obviously hey halo fallout 3 was given away with fallout 4 so a lot of people bought that game so a lot of people didn't actually need the game the games we was given away but there was a couple of people that did so we had yes. uh, we had a few people and we've obviously we picked a couple of winners but do we want to read our sort of uh, our top four that we picked yes they're all good they were good entries um do you want to take take one each have you got the show notes pulled up josh uh, i can do all right i'll take yeah. the first one next uh, uh first one from shadow 802 i think i should get the games the reason the xbox one is the only loyal friend i have oh. sorry shadows <laughs> we could be your friends. We'll be your friends. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, and yeah, do you want to take the next one, Josh? Yeah, sure. Uh, so K Fanagan 08 says, "Cause life is like a box of chocolates, and all of mine have been crap flavored this week." <laughs> <laughs> that must have been a horrible box of chocolates. Yeah, go, must have been. Go brush your teeth. <laughs> I'd be very disappointed if I just got loads of little shits in my chocolate box. Yeah, poo breath. Maybe that's what Forrest Gump was on about. (laughs) Maybe he was. (laughs) He'd always looked on the bright side. At least he got a box of chocolates. Um, All right, next one, Clifford. Uh, Yeah, the next one was from Henrik BN. He said, I don't have an Xbox One. I don't have a PS4. I've already got Fallout 3. You did want a crazy reason. (laughs) <laughs> it was like yeah so I genuinely don't know whether to take him seriously whether he wants the games or not god knows but he's quite funny made me chuckle <laughs> and then from uh, 
friend of the show, too friendly. He's been with us from the beginning, a friend of mine. Uh, to be honest, the only reason I would want those right now is to add to my massive backlog so that I can feel worse about myself for owning so many games I don't play. <laughs> and I think we all can relate to that. Yes, that is a oh, massive the common struggle problem. is so real. <laughs> the That's struggle sure. is real. Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, so real. Josh, what's your top three games that you, you need to finish that you haven't got to? <laughs> See, Bloodborne, I have finished, but I haven't done the DLC yet, so technically that's not actually done. Yep, so I say one. that's, yeah, so that's definitely got to be number one. Um, same kind of goes with uh, Arkham Knight, just because I bought the season pass and I think I've touched two of the things that they've released. <laughs> so. I, I definitely need to go back to that because I'm nowhere near finished with that. And I'd say probably um, Mad Max as well. Yep, all big games. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah, I know. It, last year was just the year of big games. So, um, yeah. well, you, Clifford, you got any of those on your list? Uh, yeah, Fallout 4 and Witcher 3. I'm close to finishing Fallout 4 now. I'm right at the end. Oh, so. really? Yeah, I'm right <laughs> at the end. Nearly there. So, I got yeah Final Fantasy Type Zero, Fallout Four, which I'm hardly any way through, The Witcher Three, which I haven't finished, and I've got the DLC because I wanted the Gwent pack, and I haven't even finished the main game, so I even tried the DLC. Hmm. I barely even touched it. <laughs> yeah, um, and I'm sure I've got more. Um, yeah, I still got to finish my playthrough of uh, Shadows of the Colossus. Yes. So yeah. Lots oh, of games. Great, great ending. I can't Sports. wait till you finish that game. We'll have a nice only, only chat about that, that's for certain. Yeah, I'll try and get it done next week or two. Um, but yeah, so that's great, great entries. Thank you, you lot, for entering. Um, we appreciate the, the feedback and the answers. Um, I think, uh, drum roll, roll, please. <laughs> oh, nice. Oh, that was good one. Hey. Yeah, someone's got some rhythm. Um <laughs> We, we've chosen uh, K Flanagan 08 uh, to be winner of one of the games. Uh, and that, so congratulations. Um, hopefully this chocolate tastes better <laughs> than your crap-flavoured ones. <laughs> and our second winner, we've gone with Shadows 802, who said, I think I should get the games. The reason Xbox One is the only loyal friend. So hopefully you've got more friends to play with now. Uh, you can play with one of those games. Uh, do we know which one is going to get which game? Right. So I've got a heads and a tails. So heads will be Fallout 3. Tails will be Tomb Raider. So, so Shadows. Let's go heads. Shadows. So, right. That is Heads. So Shadows gets Heads. Which was? I can't remember. <laughs> Bugger. I just said it. Uh, Josh, you, t- you used to decide what Heads means. <laughs> I'm sure... Uh, I'm sure. Hey. Fallout. Fallout. Okay, I'm writing that down so don't forget. Fallout right. 3. Fallout 3. Shadow, you got you won Fallout 3. Congratulations. Flanagan, you've won Tomb Raider. If you two decide that you wanted the opposite games and you speak to each other, let us know and we'll maybe sort that out. But yep. yeah. We'll message so you after, we, we'll, after we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll message you both on a Twitter and we'll uh, get those codes sent off to you. Yep. Thank you very much for... Uh, Dipping in. It was fun getting the responses. Yeah. So, where are we at? We're at about 1.43, so I think we'll probably tail that into an end for this podcast this week. What do we think? 
Um, yeah, we could probably wind up with just hearing from Josh in his MPC corner, if you don't mind, Clifford. Just oh, uh, yeah. his last two cents. Yes, yes. For... Yeah, the, I've, I've been thinking about this all day. and Because <laughs> obviously that you read out um, my comment before about Big Daddy being one of my favorites. Yes. And yeah, that that's one I'm actually struggling to get past because that's one that really kind of affects me. Just it, there isn't, there's been no NPC that has really hit me quite like that one, which I find peculiar because it's it hasn't it's not an actual like character. It hasn't got any personality to it. You know, it just it, it's it, it's just a protector. You know, it, it does what it needs to do. But yeah, just when you hear it, and you can hear it from miles away, and it just gets me. It sends shivers down my spine, and just I, every time I hear one, I just stop what I'm doing just so I can sit there and just enjoy it because it's just it's incredible to listen to. And so that as I can't really get past that one, but if I had to, I'd probably say although it's, it's a very small part in in the game, actually I'd probably go for. Jack Lupino from Max Payne, just because he's is stupid, and obviously the plot for that game is ridiculous anyway. <laughs> um, and I love the fact that he's he's very much sort of Saturday morning cartoon. You know, he's like, ah, I am the bringer of death and all that sort of stuff. And he's an absolute ludicrous character, and he's not even in the game for that long. But I I find him hilarious, and yet just everything that he babbles on about, I find uh, completely compelling. Because I was trying to think of one that's not Metal Gear Solid related. Because, <laughs> yeah, everything in my life seems to be Metal Gear Solid for some reason. So I had to really sort of think outside my usual box on that one. So I'd have to go with those two. That's I mean, really cool. Big Daddy is, is is probably the ultimate for me. I just can't I can't seem to beat that one. So yeah, yeah, he's a good good great character design. Because um, mm. you say there's a lot there's a lot to him, even though there's not mm. much to him at the same time. Yeah. Um, and that's yeah. Even though he looks kind of goofy, it's it's still very um, ominous and scary. It does, but he looks strangely comforting. Like you can you can see why the little sisters look up to them because he does look. I don't know. Even though he's he's obviously made of metal, he just looks like you just want to hug him because you know that he's <laughs> he's a big he's a big strong protector. You know, I mean, you know that you're going to be safe around him. Yeah, no, it's very well, very good uh, character design. Um, we have to get you a, a giant big daddy plushie. <laughs> oh, yeah, yes, please. <laughs> do they I even make them? Uh, I know they don't do large ones. I know they do small ones, but oh. I, I've never, I've never seen any in the wild. So, oh, there you go. Yeah, uh, yeah well, it's, yeah. Thank you for sharing. It's, it's always cool to hear other people's insight and what they take away from a game, and, and it's, it's very much appreciated. I really like hearing it, and so thank you for taking the time to think about it. And sorry for stressing you out. <laughs> no, no problem. No problem at all. <laughs> it's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining us. And yeah, Clifford, once again, I've had fun chatting with you. And, and Josh, thanks for joining us and and being part of our madness. Yeah, Lovely. Sure. Well, thank you very much uh, for inviting me. It's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah, thanks for, yep. thanks for coming on. Uh, where can people find you, Josh, on Tinternet? Um, I'm, I don't really have too much of a presence on the internet. I mean, I don't really make videos on YouTube, so and I don't have Facebook anymore, which I, is, I'm glad to say. Um <laughs> Because that was neither. a hindrance. Me neither. Yeah. Oh, it's amazing to not have it anymore. So the only place you can really find me now is Twitter, which is just at Morbid Beard. Um, yeah, so the, you'll find me on there ranting about um, 
Metal Gear Solid mainly. I'm, I've just finished um, Star Wars Race of Revenge, so I think I might put up a couple of garbled things about that. Nice. So, yeah, so that's where you can find me. And, um, yeah, crack on if you want to follow me. Awesome. awesome. Yes. Yep, I highly recommend following Morbid Beard. He is a fun guy, and his tweets are very insightful. Uh, you always Thank articulate. You very much. You always articulate yourself very well. Um, I always enjoy hearing your responses or comments on Twitter. So uh, that'd be my bees in English, you see. <laughs> <laughs> well done. I, I hate yeah. English. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, just a reminder to go check out uh, Clifford or at uh, Death Note um, for his YouTube and his streaming. Uh, is it at Death Note on Twitch as well? Uh, yeah, it's it's the same on me YouTube, me Twitch, and me Twitter, which is uh, Death Note, which is D E four T H underscore N O T E. Yes, go follow him. Go watch his streams. Go chat, comment. And when he's streaming, I'm always at work, so I can't. Twitch is blocked at work, or I would. Mm. <laughs> um, and yeah, and you can find me on Twitter at everything at Vader Van Oden. Um, I do a YouTube channel as well with my son, and I do some solo stuff. Um, so yeah, come check us out. We had some good fun and goof around. And follow the podcast, of course. Yes, yes please do. At yep. Dark Insight Pod. Yes, we need some more followers on Twitter. We get a good listening listening base through um, iTunes and SoundCloud, but our Twitter is a little sad. It, it, so. it tends to be everyone seems to gravitate to our personal Twitter yeah. rather than the podcast one for some reason. So mm. yeah, go go give some love to the to our, our Twitter, podcast Twitter. Yeah. And, and if you want to leave us some iTunes reviews, they're all very much appreciated. And everyone that has left us reviews, thank you very much for your reviews. They've uh, been yes. very much appreciated because we've now actually got some popularity bars on the iTunes, which is great. Yes. Oh, yeah. wicked. Yeah. It's so very good. That means uh, they're, they're getting enough viewing figures to actually give us a little rating, which is brilliant. We've come a long way over this past year. And the next the, over the next year, I think it's going to yeah, got a surprise, a nice big surprise, which I can't wait to tell everyone. But I'm, I've got. To, yeah, I not, saw this the other day. I'm not this allowed. I'm not allowed to say anything to our next episode, but we're going to be recording on the fifth mm. of oh, February, fifth. which is two weeks from now for our, our announcement about the podcast and uh, where we're going to be taking it in the next year, sort of thing. So yes, it's uh, very interesting. It's going to be sort of uh, make the shows a bit more interesting as well. I think. So, uh, yeah, I can't wait to see what the next year brings the podcast. Yep. Upwards and onwards. Upwards and onwards. So I will say, as always, tutty bye from me. And I'll say see you later. And I'll say see you later too. Thank you very much. Thank you. Adios.